Welcome, everyone, to uh, our Bonus Features podcast. I'm Pastor Ed. And I'm Pastor Matt. Pastor Matt here with me. And uh, we are very excited to be doing this because uh, last week we realized that there are these things called podcasts that people have just, they've just sort of come on the scene. And as we always try to be a church that is at the forefront of technology and culture uh, converging, uh, we decided we want to jump on that. Yeah, if you watch our social media feed, you'll see that we're very forward-thinking. We're mm-hmm. on the cutting edge. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we are hard at work on a church MySpace page <laughs> and uh, hoping to unveil that soon. Uh, so I can already say one of the downsides to having a podcast is nobody got to saw you dance to the theme well, song. Well, yeah, so. I was dancing. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who may not know, uh, our theme song is, uh, believe it or not, also known as the theme song for The Greatest American Hero, which was my favorite television show growing up uh, about a substitute high school teacher who discovers a superhero costume left by aliens, puts it on, and then immediately loses the instruction manual. And uh, so if you watched this show growing up in, uh, I believe it was 1981, um, you may be familiar with this song. Uh, Matt only knows it as what? How do you know uh, it? George Costanza's uh, voicemail message. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and Pastor Sue, who walked by, heard it and said, where do I know that song from? Because it was the Billboard number two hit for many weeks in a row, the year 1981. Uh, held away from number one by endless love Mm. so there you go little fact for you guys okay so before my time (laughs) before your time what year were you born 986 you almost said 90 yeah Uh, yeah. um (laughs) so uh the purpose of this podcast uh if you're still with us (laughs) 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 you haven't already lost our wives certainly are not uh listening (laughs) to this if you're still with us, um, the idea for this podcast is, as we've been trying to, as I've been working on being better at preaching shorter messages that people can stay awake during, uh, there is some extra stuff that doesn't make it. And we also have thought that it might be helpful to have a little bit of uh, discussion after uh, our messages each week as we're working through James. So that's what this is for. This isn't really meant to replace the sermon. Uh, It'll hopefully pair nicely. Pair nicely, a little pair nicely, like a nice, like a nice wine or something. Yeah. Um, please don't take that reference to wine as as indicating that I've ever had wine. Um, I've only drinking grape juice in my life. This is so. going off the rails. Yeah. Okay. So our sermon this week was on um, James uh, chapter one, verses nineteen through twenty-one. Yeah, James 1, 19 through twenty-one says, "Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear." Slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So we were originally, fun fact, going to, uh, this was going to be part of a larger passage that we were going to cover this last Sunday, and um, I think we were going to cover maybe like 10 verses, and instead decided to slow down and just talk about uh, listening and talking, Um, because everyone said to me, "Um, Ed, you should probably, you should probably (laughs) do some study on that. (laughs) Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people tell me you should really. The staff had an intervention. We yeah. said, you know, these are three verses we think are really important for you. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and so the so the first uh, basically the idea of this is James is talking to the church. Uh, they're going through trials. They've they haven't really treated each other very well. And I think their communication as a group of people has broken down. So James is giving them, we called this message, um, family rules. He's giving them the family rules of, uh, for the church. And the first one is be quick to listen uh, or quick to hear. And I think what I said was um, there were these three things that kept jumping out to me. And it was that a person who, who listens well, they will catch things that other people miss. They will understand things that other people, when other people are confused by them and they will get past barriers that other people tune out, that cause other people to tune out. So, mm-hmm. so there's all these hurdles and things that make us just walk away from discussion and a good listener will get past those hurdles instead of just blaming the communicator. The thing we heard, um, I've had a lot of people say just in the last 24 hours how much this led to talking about marriages. Um, uh, One small group that already met uh, said that they spent a lot of their time talking about marriage communication with this idea of listening versus talking. I gave some illustrations from my own marriage of as a over-talker, I I learned that... uh, you, you can't call yourself a good communicator just because you talk a lot. You have to be li- a listener and a, and a question asker to be a good communicator. Yeah. And um, we are finding that that seems pretty universal, not just for Ed yeah. um, as a truth. But the um, I think the the way Jesus does it is he asks people questions to help bring out their opinions, their feelings, their biases, their idols, their passions, all these different things, their preconceptions much of the time. And by asking people questions, he gets people Mm -hmm. to process things with him. And Jesus has a pretty clear idea of what he wants to say to people. So it's (laughs) not like he's only asking questions because he's like, I don't really know what I think about this stuff. So, um, I, I think that's a that's a really good. I, I think it would be interesting to read through a gospel sometime and just look at all of the questions that Jesus asks people, mm-hmm. and to think like, can I ask those questions to people? Um, anyway, yeah. um, so the second point of this was to uh, speak carefully. The idea of being slow to speak. Um, I, I think the interesting thing is, so it's funny that this has all come up where I had a conversation with somebody last week. Um, and in that conversation, they just said something to me. I'd never heard of it and never thought of it, but it was really true. And they said, um, I've never learned anything new by talking. And, uh, and so w- I think we do have this in our day and age, uh, this idea of, I, I have to have an opinion on something. I, I have to voice it. And yet we're so busy voicing our opinion we're we're never taking in uh, other viewpoints other opinions and, and learning much of anything so we're you know i, I think I, I think as our ability to talk more and, and share what we think with people has gone up our capacity to learn and be changed has probably diminished hmm. you're saying we're getting dumber oh i don't know if dumber is the right word but yeah probably <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> yeah. So then there was there's kind of a switch in this what James is talking about, and he starts he he changes from telling them how to what to do to how they should be, and um, he switches to then saying that you should be uh, not uh, uh, kind of reacting out of anger, uh, basically being composed. He says 
He says, uh, the anger of man, you should be slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness oh, of God. Oh, here he is. Oh, Dave's here. So Pastor Dave has just walked in. Um, he the podcast is saved. The podcast is saved. Um, we were... It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, so one of, the other th- one of the other benefits of this podcast is my hope is that uh, it will give us the opportunity to occasionally hear updates from Pastor Dave on what he thinks retirement might look like, because Pastor Dave announced recently that he is going to be retiring after 40 years. And um, so, quick story, um, we, uh, Dave, um, Justin, and I, Matt, I don't know if you were on the Legacy Falls tour, did you go with us? We, we went on the tour to see the mills and stuff down Legacy Fall Tour. Remember that, Dave? Yes, it was cool. Um, it was very cool. Um, it was actually a very hot day. Um, <laughs> True. And we went down, and we got to this spot near the dam and near the or, uh, near the, the falls, and we looked down into the river, and we saw this uh, beautiful fishing boat, and there was a man on it, and he had this just a big belly, and he was the leathery, dark skin, and he was had his dog with him, and you could just tell this guy's out here all day, every day. You remember that guy? I do. And I remember Dave pointed down there, and he said, that's going to be me. <laughs> Well, that's not exactly how I remember the story. Uh, actually, as I recall, Ed, you pointed down there and said, Dave, there you are uh, in your yeah. retirement. Yeah. Uh, and I said, nope, that's not me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think, it, I, but I think all Dave meant was that guy was smoking and Dave doesn't smoke. Uh, so <laughs> He was uh, also leather skinned. Mine is probably not going to get like that. Yeah. So anyway, so we, he has gone through the possible, you know, fishing boat, fishing stage, I'd like to think. <laughs> Um, so Dave, going back really quick, um, we just were talking about speaking and listening and how you can accomplish quite a bit through listening, um, and not as much through talking as we often think you are a good listener. Um, what would you say are the keys to being a good listener? As we were talking about it at lunch today, I think... We agreed that caring for the person you're listening to is prerequisite to being a good listener. If, if, um, if you can genuinely want to know what they're saying, if you have respect and honor for them, uh, it causes you to listen better, I think. Um, if you're lacking in that, sometimes you don't listen so well. So what you're basically saying is you're a good listener because you genuinely respect people. Oh, boy. I, yeah. I, I, that doesn't make when, sense. When I genuinely respect people, I am a better listener. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, that, so maybe, yeah. I hope that's not my problem. <laughs> um, um, we were talking about venting and how um, anger tends to motivate us. Well, one of the things that we say is, you know, I just have to get it out. I just have to vent. I have to say it. I have to speak it. But um, what we were saying was that um, venting doesn't really seem to work very often. It doesn't actually seem to help much. Uh, the concept of venting your emotions through your words, it, it, we use the example of like letting off steam or things like that so it does, something doesn't explode. Um, what do you guys think? Do you think that, do you see, when is it okay? When is it beneficial? Is it beneficial to at times say, I just need to talk, even if it's not constructive. I need to, I need to let out frustration, the anger, these things, because I don't want it to just kind of 
you know, boil up in there and mm-hmm. make me sick. It seems to me that there is some value of um, expressing what you're really feeling within a safe environment with someone you can trust, and especially with God. He can handle anything we throw at him, and sometimes that is helpful, but often our venting only feeds our our feeling, and um, how did you put it at lunch today, Ed? I think you're right. Um, sometimes it, it feeds the beast uh, that we're really wanting to tame. Yeah, I think the... Um I think anger works a lot like lust where the more space in your mind that you give to it, the worse it gets. And the only way to really get um, to really deal with it is to get distance from it. So venting, it actually ends up getting me more worked up. Every time that I vent about something, I think it's going to help me. And then I'm more worked up. I think that's been my experience too. Most of the time, that's the case. I'm more angry. And now another person has heard it. In fact, I'd say half the time I claim to be venting for myself. I'm actually just trying to get one more person to agree with me about something that bothers me. Um, And I'm calling it venting, but it gets me worked up and then it gets them worked up and I can be very good at doing that. So I, I, I do think that we oversell this idea of needing to express things as a sort of catharsis when really uh, most of the time that I'm feeling frustrated and I'm feeling negative feelings towards people or things, I, I actually have to try to put those things out of my mind or just give them to God because they, they only grow the more you know I talk about them. James really had it right to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger really works better than venting does. The last thing um, I talked about was being changed. And I said, therefore, put and, and James says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. One interesting fact about this passage. Here it comes. Here it comes. Uh, commentators have suggested that the word that James uses here for filthiness in certain contexts is the same word as earwax. And uh, that what James is saying is he's saying, put away all of the earwax and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Basically, James is saying the sin and the filthiness in your life is filling up and blocking your ears and not only making it hard for you to hear other people, but making it hard for you to hear the word of God. And I thought that was a really interesting um observation that several people had made. Um, I think that there's obviously truth to that. And that was kind of the last thing we talked about was we have this abundance of God's word. We have so much information at our fingertips these days, but really being changed by the word yeah. is sometimes shockingly a rare thing. What, did, what advice would you give to the people listening to this on how they could do that? My dad had the same problem that I had with an accumulation of earwax where it would accumulate and I couldn't hear. So are we talking about literally? Literal earwax. Um, And and I'll get to, I'll I'll, I'll make a point about this in a minute. Um, (laughs) The literal earwax, it it got, the buildup got so bad that, especially as a musician, it was bad. I couldn't hear. It was like living in a tube. And most people have had that experience of what it's like to have a cold or something where you're living in a tube. It was no good at all. And it got bad enough that I had to go see a doctor 
who would remove, physically remove the earwax. I see a spiritual par- parallel there. Sometimes we can't fix it ourselves. There, there are many things that we can do to try to improve our health and to keep our ears clear, clear to hear better. But sometimes we can't. We need some assistance. And we've got to go to the divine doctor to, who is good at removing the earwax. God is, has ways of helping us t- uh, lose the stuff that's getting in the way of hearing him and others. I, I think that spiritual work is sometimes necessary. Yeah, it's really interesting to me that at the end of these three verses, like really when James is almost like, when it really gets down to it, like you need to be changed. And that's what you need. And I think what's what's really striking is I, I don't think anybody would really disagree with what he said before. Like nobody would say, well, yeah, it's like, you know, we shouldn't get as angry as we do. Or it, it, nobody would say it, it's a bad thing. Um, to to listen, and, and yet, James, how many people would get to the end though and be like, "Well, I don't know if I need to be changed." Uh, you know, I I don't know if it's it's me that's the problem, and I I think that's maybe like having the humility to always ask the question, "Am I the problem? Like, is the problem me?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that if you if you're the kind of person who's asking the question, "How can I let?" God's word change me, then you're probably already on the right track. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think if you're finding constantly that when you hear it, you go, yeah, I mean, obvious, you know, yeah, I I already knew about that. I know that. Yeah. Um, if Dave, I'm kind of interested. This is a question that I always kind of wonder is like, as I get older, like, do you ever, are you asking Dave this? Well, because he's, you know, yeah. So, well, I I guess you're not a millennial either, so you are older. So I could ask you as well. Do you guys, as you guys have gone through your many years of life, um, do you find it harder to not think, well, I've got that area of my walk with Jesus figured out? Do you find it at times hard to stay humble and open to change and being shown things that you don't have as figured out as maybe you thought you did? And you're like the most humble person that I know, so that's probably not a good person to ask. So How does Dave answer this question? I know, it's a deep one. I think some things get easier over time, but I've also discovered that some things seem to get harder. I find that as I age, my patience uh, wanes quicker than it used to. And I that irritates me, but it seems to be a reality. <laughs> that irritates you. <laughs> and I notice it in others, too. Grumpy old man is a thing. And, and I, I, I feel the tendency to, to go in that direction, and I'm fighting it. Hmm. The probably the biggest thing that worries me is sort of that idea I was talking about with the parable of the sower that you know the on Sunday that the hard and rocky soil is the soil that is under the feet of the person sowing the seed, which means that it's it's possible that the um, basically that the hardest soil is maybe even within the church and not outside of the church. Um, That the hardest soil is the people who hear it all the time 
and have gotten inoculated Mm -hmm. to the truth and the word. I think as pastors, we feel that constantly, not, not that we think everybody's so, you know, closed off, but we just know so much is being said all the time. How could someone process this and internalize it and have it not bounce off? Well, I think even like you'll preach a message and someone will come up to you and go, I've heard that scripture passage preached on so many times. And I thought, and basically what they're telling you is I thought I knew everything there was to know about that. And you showed me something new. And so I I think we just have that inclination as, as people, when we've come into contact with something just a number of times, we get to a place where we're like, yeah, I've got that figured out. I've got nothing new to glean from that. And I think that's just human nature. It's not like a you're, you're bad people or not good Christians or not sincere in your faith or anything like that. It's just who we are as people. One of the things that people tend to say, I've heard this from a few pastors, is that you hear people say things like, you know, in all the time I grew up at the church, I never heard about this thing, you know. Um, I heard this preached on a lot of times, and I never heard it this way. Uh, I've heard people say, in all the time I grew up at this church I did, I never once heard the gospel. Uh, I never once heard an explanation for the Trinity. I never once heard. Um, I think that a lot of times when people say that, the truth ends up being that those things were being said and they were being presented, but the way we interpret it is not, I didn't hear it. Mm. I was, I was closed off, but they just must not have been saying it, you know? So it's easier to actually point to the church or the preacher or the Bible study or the author and say, or or your parents and say, they weren't doing their job. That's why I didn't hear it. But, um, you know, the parable of the sower makes it pretty clear. It's, it's the responsibility of the content sort of of that soil. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, stop picking on us. And we're doing what we're supposed yeah, to. <laughs> trying as hard as we can. Um, well, I think the, uh, there's a lot more that we could say, but I think that we are out of time. So I'd like to thank uh, Caitlin, our sound engineer, who's uh, in the booth there pulling the dials, turning the switches. Actually, I think it's flipping the switches, turning the dials. And um, we'd like to thank our sponsors, uh, the LaRude Ear, Nose, and Throat Clinic. Who would like to remind you, never stick anything in your ear smaller than your elbow. I'm not sure if they, I'm not sure if that's a saying because uh, you can't, you try to you can't touch your elbow to your ear like if you try you can't get it in or if that's a saying because basically you're never supposed to put anything in your ear uh, either way um till next time i'm trying to think of a good christian sign off here uh we'll go with in the grip of his grace see you next time Believe